Hey, good morning. Good morning, Judy. Such a joy to see you as always. And you lot as well. If, you, if you're able, would you stand with me if you're able? Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment? Whew. What a beautiful time of worship. Alid and Joe and the band led us so beautifully. We, we know God's presence is always with us. Sometimes we need to in, encourage each other and remind each other and push each other into the river. So right now, I pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Before I speak, right now, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Freshness. God, I pray that you take every No word would be wasted. God, thank you that your word is living and active. Jesus, thank you that you are word becoming flesh to us. So we just ask, I ask that we would encounter you. God, I pray for hearts to change. My heart, our hearts to change. Our hearts to change. And I guess my ask for all of us is that we just get drawn closer to this wonderful Father in heaven. Because Jesus has ripped open the heavens for us. His body on the cross broken, his blood shed so that we could now come freely. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, if you're taking notes, it's all on purpose, and the title is Living in Unstoppable Love. I like that title. Living in Unstoppable Love. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, I've been doing a little series called From Orphan to Heir. That Jesus takes us from orphan and we become heirs. And we've used this familiar few verses, so I'm going to launch from there again, just to remind us. But like I said last week, it's, I'm not going to exegetically start walking through the text, because there's only a few. It's really themed, these, these three weeks. It's a theme, but I want these... These verses just to kind of enlighten your hearts. Listen to what Jesus says in John's Gospel, chapter 14. Just before he goes off, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then in Romans 8, verse 15 to 17, we hear these wonderful words from the Apostle Paul. For you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back again into fear but you brothers and sisters have received the spirit of adoption as sons and by whom we cry father abba the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of god and listen to this it gets better and if children then heirs and it gets even better heirs of god and fellow heirs with jesus So it's all about going from orphan to heir. We've been looking at it through Jesus. He's the gateway in, okay? This is the third in the series. So please go back and listen to the last couple of weeks because it will put it into context. But really where we're springing from is knowing that through Jesus, we can now know that our position in the Father is sons and daughters. Heirs. Heirs of the promise. So we've looked at identity, we've looked at intimacy. I hope it's been helpful. And you know what? Without really knowing who we are and whose we are, we really don't know what our purpose is. 
We have no idea what purpose is. We scrabble around all over the place trying to look for purpose, trying to look for meaning, trying to look for acceptance. You know this is true. Without knowing who we are and whose we are. Our purpose is wandering. So what is our purpose on the earth? We're going to launch straight in. What is it? What is your purpose here on planet earth? You know, purpose needs to flow from identity and intimacy. I believe that. We don't just get on with stuff. We need to know why we're getting on with stuff. We need to really know who we are. So it flows from identity. And it flows from this identity and intimacy that we have with the Father because of Jesus. So this is why we need to see that in Christ we are now heirs. It's nothing to do with what I've done. It's all to do with what he's done. That he pulls me into himself. There's nothing good about me. And friends, there's nothing intrinsically good about you. There's everything good about Jesus. And he is the suffering servant. He is the one that went to the cross. And we're told that in Christ we are heirs. In Christ we are now sons and daughters of the Father. And Christ is our older brother. It's good. It's good. That's what we're looking at today, purpose, all about living as heirs. Galatians 2.20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Jesus Christ that lives in me. And, And the life that I live now in the flesh, in the body, I live for the Son of God, who loved me and who died for me. So the Apostle Paul's saying, listen, when you look at me, it's no longer I who live. It is all Jesus. Elsewhere in scripture we're told that we've been raised with Jesus. We're told that we've been seated with Jesus. We're told we're hidden in Jesus. We're told that we're baptized into Jesus. We're grafted into him. Basically what I want you to hear is we are so one with Jesus. There's nothing now that you can do to separate me from Jesus. Nothing. You can clap, it's fine. Not to me, him. There's no, that was a golf clap, well done, good shot. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Come on, Bridget. Boom, boom. feel like Basil Brush. Boom, boom. I'm showing my age now. We are so one with Jesus. Now I've got a fox in my mind. No, I'm not singing that. We are so one with Jesus. And what I want you to hear is everything that's true of Jesus is now true of you. It says in the Bible that as he is, so are we in this world. Some of you. As he is, so are you in this world. What is true of Jesus and all of the inheritance that's been stored up is now yours, John and Heather. Being stored up for you. And there's nothing that can ever separate you from it. And God the Father wants us to live with this mentality, wants us to live with this purpose in mind. Do you know what, Rich? You're an heir of God, bro. You're an heir of the promise. You're an heir, co-heir with Jesus. Wow, that's crazy, right? That's what I am too. And that's what you are if you're in Jesus. So the purpose is living like him. God the Father wants us to live like his kids. I want my kids to live like my kids I want them to know that they've got a daddy who adores them and that they're my children. God the Father wants you to know that you're his kids. And the point and the purpose is living and looking like Jesus. 
It's not rocket science today. Hopefully it's going to be inspiration that's going to lead to lives being changed. So how do we do this? How do we look like Jesus? How do we look like him? Well, first of all, I think it's about being aware of the sort of things that Jesus is aware of. And what I love about Jesus is he's aware that the Father is always doing things. The Father's always at his work, Jesus said. Look at his mentality. John's Gospel, John 5, these are Jesus' words. He says, my Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Verse 19 and 20 in the same chapter says, the Son, talking about himself, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Lovely. For the Father loves the Son, and he loves to show him all that he does. You know, as a dad, I'm not very good at handiwork, believe it or not. But I love doing stuff and then showing my kids how to do it. How much more does our Father in heaven? He, he want, Jesus knows that Father's always at work, and I'm always aware that Daddy's working. And Dad loves showing me what he's doing. So that's what Jesus is aware of. We need to have that same mentality. Jesus fully conscious, my father is always up to stuff. You see, being heirs of Jesus means that we can now have that same mentality. Do you know that? You can have that same mentality that now our father, corporately, we're brought into a family through Christ. And now we can say, Trev and Bon, we can say together, can't we? Our Father is always at his work. Me and my friends here often encourage each other with these things. You know, you find your kind of people, don't you, that encourage and inspire you? Not to embarrass them. These are sort of these people. They're always provoking. What's Daddy doing? What's Father doing? What's, what's God up to? So we now can share that same heart, that our Father is always doing stuff, and he loves to show us what he's doing. Also, Jesus lives from the Father's love. So not only is he aware that Father's always at work, but his primary responsibility is to live from his love. Not from anyone else's love, not from the pleasing of people, but to live from the foundation of Father's love. Let me show you. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. He was... He was not only aware of Father's love for him, he was so secure in it. You just study the Gospels, look at Jesus' life. He, he didn't really care too much about pleasing people. He just wanted to please the Father. And from pleasing the Father, he really did please people. Jesus was so aware of Daddy's love for him. But he's also very aware of Daddy's love for humanity. Of Father God's love for humanity. And this was the platform he lived from, love. Yesterday, my friend Simon, we, we, we went to a wedding together, and he said to me, hey, Sam, you're really on this theme of love, man, aren't you? And you know, you're the first one to recognize that with me, and I thought, you're right, bro. It's all about love. Everything we do is about love. The scripture tells us without love, we're just a clanging noise. So Jesus knows that it's all about Father's love, and he lives from that foundation of love, his love. Listen to this quote. Love is the best thing that you and I have to give because it brings out the very best in others. I love that because it's so simple. Love is the best thing you have to give 
My friend Nick there is full of love. Every time I get within a meter of him, our hearts connect and we kind of melt together. Because you meet people, I know that sounds weird to some of you, but I don't care. You catch heart with people that are so full of God's love for humanity that it's the best that you can give to humanity. All that the earth needs is our love. And it's from the foundation of Father's love. Love is the best thing you have to give, friends, because it brings out the very best in others. This was certainly true of Jesus, right? This love affected people. This love changed people's lives. We, we know this is true. You just look at the Bible. His love brought life where there was death. His love brought life where there was suffering. His love brought healing and wholeness. His love brought meaning and purpose. So what about you? What do you bring? What, what do you bring? What do you bring to the table when you're at work? What does... Your heart respond like. Does your love bring life to people? Because you and Jesus are one. Does the love of Christ flow so out of you that it affects the environment and the atmosphere you find yourself in? Just thought I'd mention. Does the love of Christ in you and through you change people? This provokes me. Guys, please don't think because I'm standing on something, I don't know, a foot taller than anyone else, that I've arrived. I'm very much preaching to myself. I want my love to change lives. I I want Jesus in me to affect people's lives. How about you? Our purpose is to live from Father's love, his unstoppable love. His unstoppable love. And when we live from his love, we, we realize that that's who we're designed to be. That's what it looks like to be heirs. Sons and daughters that carry the very presence and the goodness of God on the earth. That's what it means to be heirs. You don't just sit and wait for your inheritance to come. You start spending it now. Just start spending it now. Your inheritance is one full of love, full of peace, full of joy. You've got a, an never-ending resource to supply the whole of heaven. Just begin to distribute that wherever you go. You know, love is what we've got. Love is the currency we can play with. And when we know it's all about love, there's no more striving, is there? You know, I've said this week after week, but I know it's provoking me. I'm so done with striving. Are you? Anyone else done with striving? How do you get on with that? How does it go for you when you try to do it in your efforts? <laughs> it doesn't go very well for me. I love what Jesus says here. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I just love it. And do you know what? Children, if you're a parent here, or if you are a child, you, you must be somehow because you're here. You don't have to do too much, really, to pick up mannerisms of your parents, your, your mum or your father, right? There's not much you have to do, yeah? We just mimic them. You know, I've spent no time with my dad, but somehow there's these kind of uh, traits that come through. Sometimes there's these habits, these mannerisms, these behaviors. And sometimes with that effort, I'll do something, and my lovely wife, she'll say, wow, I'm not going to embarrass you, don't worry. But she tripped over and bumped her head this morning. (laughs) Uh, I've got the mic. 
Anyone want to know what M did this morning? It's there all for you. See, they're all... We, we, we uh, ran a small group once. And you know these welcomes? This is well off my notes. So I just, I just thought I'd tell you. We ran this small group once. Only you were there. And one of the welcome, or the icebreakers, we used to call them. Yeah, that's right. I just, I asked, who's your favourite, me or M? <laughs> Everyone said M. Oh, it's rejection. That's why I'm doing this series. Because of deep burning rejection. <laughs> just, <laughs> Habits, traits, mannerisms. There's not much I have to do. I put a pair of glasses on and then goes, take them off. You look just like your dad. It freaks me out. I do something, and then goes, wow, that's just like your dad. I, I care for people. And where I get the caring nature from is my mother. She says, that's like your mum. You know, sometimes we have people come to me and say, hey, TJ, my son, Thomas Jack, he looks just like you at this age. He lives like, he responds like you. He's hyper like you. My, my daughter, people say, she's so gorgeous. She looks just like you. She looks just like him. And I think, thank God that she looks just like him, <laughs> quite, quite honestly. But what I'm trying to get across, and you hear what I'm saying, there's not much we have to do. We are a chip off the old block. We come out of that stock. Mannerisms, habits, traits, the way we look needs to be just like the Father, just like our older brother Jesus. That's what it means to be an heir. That's our purpose. I'm going to keep saying heir and purpose as we go. So if anyone comes up to me and said, you kept repeating yourself, I'm going to go, amen. That's awesome. What are you going to remember for the rest of the week? That I'm an heir and I've got a purpose on the earth. That would be great. So that's what it means to be an heir. An heir of God and a fellow heir with Jesus. That we look like father and we look like older brother, Jesus. And I want to look like father. How about you? Like genuinely, I'm asking, do you you want to look like Father? Do you want to look like your older brother and your saviour, Jesus? Man, when when we have that mentality, it can change the world, you know. Being an heir of God, letting our lives be defined through this relationship, through this intimacy, means that we can mimic, we can copy, we can copy our Father. We can copy the ways of Jesus. And it just comes naturally. His, his characteristics, his mannerisms, man, they become my mannerisms. His heart becomes my heart. The Father's way becomes our way. So how he shows compassion is how we begin to show compassion. I can't do it on my own steam. I run dry. But as we stay in deep connection and intimacy with him, his heart throws, flows through our heart. That's what it means to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. How do we have joy, peace, love, goodness, faithfulness? These aren't just things we add to our lives. These are the ways we're meant to live. When we stay connected to that life source, that's just what flows through us. Freely. And how he feels about humanity is how we feel about humanity. How he responds to need and suffering is how we respond to need and suffering. The reason why wonderful sisters like Natalie and Anna Wilson and others that have this heart for justice is because they carry the Father's heart for justice. It's not their own heart. It's the Father's heart. So our mindset needs to be the same 
as Jesus. Whatever the Father does, man, I can do as well because I'm an heir. That's what it means to co-labor, guys. I'm an heir of God. I'm an heir of God. We become all about his business. That's primary to us. Crumbs, I better move on. What does the Father's business look like? What are we trying to mimic? What are we trying to copy? I want to take you to a passage, a very familiar passage, Isaiah 61, verse 1. We know it very well, but this is what the Father's business looks like because this is what he commissioned his son to do on the earth. At the start of Jesus' ministry, he rolled out this scroll and he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound or the opening of the eyes to those who are blind. What I love about this is some translations say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news. Great. This translation says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to be good news. To bring good news. And I think a day's changing where not only it's our words, but it's our actions. James says, words without actions are dead. We're to be good news. Not just speak about good news. Awesome, the power is in the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel. But I know that the power also is when we live the gospel. So we're not only called to preach good news, we're meant to be good news on the earth. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee. This is him being good news, okay? Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And then this is him bringing the good news, being the good news. And then he healed every disease and sickness among the people. There's a validation that, man, I carry good news. So this is how we can now flow. This is true of us. So if we're hidden in Jesus, see where I'm going. See, if we're heirs with God, fellow heirs with Jesus, baptized into Jesus, then we do the things that Jesus did. I've done this from all sorts of angles, and some of you might say, Sam, you're like a broken record. Every time you speak, it's around this theme, because I feel like this is my mandate. I feel like this is what I comes alive. This is what comes alive in me. And I feel convinced, and I don't need any more convincing, that this is why we're on the planet, to be like Jesus, to bring good news on the earth. So when Jesus went around healing every disease and sickness, guess what? He anoints us. He commissions us. He sends his spirit to dwell within us. The same spirit that raised Christ from death now dwells in me. And then he says, as I did, so now you go and do. Heal the sick. Cleanse those with leprosy. Drive out demons and drive out diseases. That's our commission as well in Matthew 10. That's our purpose. That's our mandate on the earth. To heal the sick, raise the dead. Drive out diseases and drive out demons. We, are, we sometimes look at that and think, man, if only that was their beginner's manual. This is the same gig that we're part of today. And then we hear these words, freely you have received, so freely give. This is a statement that has really lived with me. Everything we've received has been given to us free of charge, right? So there's, there's no grace that you've received that you've earned. I just want to be clear on that. There's no goodness that you've got because God's gone, oh, well done, have some goodness. No, no grace, right, is undeserved favor. So he just freely pours it on you, Sam. Free, undeserved favor, bro, just because I love you. 
That's what the Father does. It's undeserved. I, I didn't get saved because of anything good in me. So I want us to see that we need to respond the same way. So this is how it works. God gives us favor, so we just give out favor. God gives me unending love, so I give unconditional love. God gives me mercy and compassion, so guess what? I extend mercy and compassion. God has forgiven me, so I forgive you. God has not judged me, so I'm not going to judge you. God has shown me kindness and goodness, so that's what I'm going to extend to you. God has been faithful to me, so I'm going to be faithful to you. You get the point. Let me show you something here. Let me show you how the kingdom works. We've heard what I'm about to read given on gift days and for money, but this really hasn't got anything to do with money. It might have an aspect to do with it, but what I'm about to read to you, Jesus says about how you, how you don't judge someone, horrible English, how you love your enemies, basically, and how not to judge people. Listen, Luke 6, I've been really wrestling with this text in every good way. Luke 6, 36 to 38 says, Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Here we go. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, I can hear you saying it, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap, for with the same measure you use will be measured back to you. This has nothing to do with money, because Jesus isn't talking about money. It has to do with your heart. Money might be in there, This is how the kingdom works. I want to show you something. Always looking at the heart. Always, always, always defined by love. But this is the principle. With the same measure you give out, it will come back onto your lap. But it will come back even greater. Even greater. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Basically, Jesus is saying, so much will come back to you, Steve, that you have no idea what to do with it. And you will feel like you cannot contain it. He's using the analogy of grain. They press the grain. They, they, they put intense pressure on the grain so it would ta- as if it would not take any more. They, they fill jars they, to the nth degree. Jesus is talking in their language so they, un- they understood. And I want to talk in our language, hopefully, so we understand. With the same measure you give, it will come back to you, even greater. And you won't have a clue what to do with it. But the goal is just to keep giving it away. <laughs> to keep giving it away. Life is ours to steward. Everything we have, every passion within, every desire, every gift, every ability has been given by him and for him, for a purpose. And that's to give it away. That's to give it away. In and out. That's what I should have called this. In and out. In and out. Like a revolving door. We live with purpose, generosity, right? Just keep giving it away. This guy called Chris Vallotton, wonderful, wonderful guy. This, this one quote that, I, man, I've written it in my office in big capitals. It says, the gifts that God has given us become the abilities in which we accomplish his purposes. 
Let me read that again. The gifts that God has given us become the abilities which we accomplish his purpose. So we need to understand that everything is for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're here for such a time as this. And every resource that you have has been given to you from heaven and it's to be used for heaven. It's to be used just to freely give away. Just to freely give away. That is our purpose. To build others up. To benefit others. To reveal God somehow to others. To bless others. And do you know what? The more we give away, the more comes back. The more we give away, the more comes back. The world looks to accumulate, right? Store up. Save up for a rainy day. The world's philosophy is be blessed because you don't know what's going to happen. The kingdom couldn't be more different. The kingdom says, be the blessing and then you'll be blessed. The kingdom's philosophy is just give away. I know you don't feel like you've got anything to give, but there's always something to give. That could be time, that could be love, that could be affection, that could be finance, that could be food, that could be shelter, that could be just a hug, that could be anything. Just give it away and it will come back to you under a magnifying glass. So this is the reality, this is what it looks like. We are coming in for a land, we're going to finish in, in a different way this morning. This is the reality, this is what it looks like. And I know this has been true for me over the months. When I look to bless, I feel blessed. When I, I, I know one of the things God has given me, called me to do, is be an encouragement, right? And I so often wait to be encouraged, and I think, why doesn't anyone encourage me? And I just hear this whisper for the Father going, because I've called you to encourage. And then when I encourage someone, I feel encouraged. This is what I'm saying, putting into practice. When I step out with love, I feel God's love. When I look to love someone, I feel his love. When I give, I feel it given back to me. When I use the gifts that God has given me, I feel like there's this prophetic gift growing in me. And the more I step out in it, the more it gets sharpened. The more I step out and I feel like, bro, I've got a word for you. And and he says, man, that's so accurate. I feel more blessed than he feels. That's the currency of the kingdom, right? That's how it works. Can I encourage you, before we move on, can I encourage you to be a blessing? Please, please, don't wait to be blessed. That's, what, that's our default position. Well, I'm not very good. It's, it's got nothing to do with personality. It's got nothing to do with wiring. You're a citizen of heaven. You can be a blessing right now. Before you leave today, look to encourage someone. Every day that you wake up and you're still breathing, it hasn't taken you home yet, encourage someone. Encouragement, I believe, is the currency of heaven. As you encourage, you see people saved. As you encourage, you see people healed. As you encourage, that's a bedrock of prophetic ministry. Encourage. I want to encourage you. I think we're, we're lacking it, if I'm honest. When we encourage, we feel his encouragement. Now, this is how it works. This is what you and I can do. Wherever we go, wherever we go, I've said that twice, whomever we're with, we can have this mentality Father, what are you doing? You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to wait to come to a Christian meeting. This is great, but we're just here to worship Jesus. If this is the the be-all and end-all of your Christian journey, there's so much more. When you wake up every day going, Father, 
I'm still breathing. I'm st- I haven't come home yet. Where are you working? When you're walking down Queen's Road, Father, where are you working? Where are you hovering? Who do you want to bless? Who do you want to feed? Who do you want me to feed? Who, who do you want me to give money to? Who, who do you want me just to spend some time with? Where are you working? Show me, because you always show your son, because I'm your son. Yeah? Show me where you're working. Who are the people you want me to love? And you can have this mentality. Okay, I'm about to go into Sainsbury's or any other grocery retail establishment. And where I go, you go. Where I go, the presence of Jesus goes. So people are going to get a love encounter right now because I'm here. And I'm aware of your presence. I'm aware that you're the lover of the universe. And I'm just going to notice dear Jean on the checkout and go, Hey, Jean, how's your day going? And Jean goes, oh, thanks for noticing. Not too good. And you say, oh, Jean, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I pray for you? Can I just tell you that you've got a Father in heaven that adores you? Sometimes it's as easy as that. And you, I, I've had these conversations and people go, do you know what? I was thinking about God. I was thinking maybe there might be a God. You know, evangelism becomes fun. It doesn't become about a program. It becomes about a person. It becomes about a person. And it becomes about just you and me right now. And I feel like God's given me something for you. Yeah, you hear, hear what I'm saying? And we can all do that. And we can love people because we've just shown up. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've got light and love in me. And so have you. You've got the kingdom of heaven in you. And you've got the king of heaven within you. So wherever you go, the king goes. It's really easy. I know it sounds hard. But it's really easy when we go, man, I'm alert to it. Where you go, I go. Where I go, you go. Let's have fun. Let's love as many into the kingdom as we possibly can. And this, is, this is what happens. As, as heirs, we bring, we bring hope to the hopeless. We restore and we build up where there's been ruin and brokenness. We bring dignity where there's been shame. We're carriers of love where there's been hatred. We bring healing where there's been sickness. We bring peace where there's been anxiety. And we become family to the lonely. That's what you guys have become for me. I'm so lonely. You've become family, some of you. Some of you haven't. (laughs) Where we go, the kingdom of God goes. We are carriers of the presence. We welcome except where there's been rejection. This earth is filled with rejection. And where there's death and destruction, we get the joy to bring life. The prince of life. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Just a thought for you. You can change the atmosphere of wherever you go tomorrow just by having this mindset today. Where I go, Christ goes. The hope of glory. And I'm going to bring his joy. I'm going to release his peace. I'm going to release his goodness on the earth. Can I invite the band back up, please? Just as they're they're coming up, I want to encourage us, challenge us. Much of the church is blind to this reality. And the purposes of God lay dormant. God, I believe, is looking for faith on the earth. Faith isn't just what we keep doing. Faith is, I believe, God's spoken. And I'm going to do what God has asked me to do. And I believe a lot of the purposes of God lay dormant until there are those that say, man, I'll go. Send me. 
or I'm awake to this now. I believe the Holy Spirit is awakening his people on the earth to see this reality that I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm an heir of God. Romans 8 verse 19 says, Creation itself is eagerly longing and waiting for the revelation of sons of God to be revealed. So so creation itself is eagerly looking in, going, when are they going to realize that they're sons and daughters? You know, we need to encourage each other to dream. We need to encourage each other to dream. Anyone like dreaming? God has placed an imagination within our minds so we can dream. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask, think, or imagine because of his great power at work within us. You know, accountability, true accountability, hasn't, isn't, have you stuffed up this week? True accountability isn't asking men whether they've watched pornography this week. It isn't saying, have you read the Bible and prayed this week? There's a measure of that. True accountability is calling people out to their destiny in God. True accountability is saying, Teresa, you're a daughter of the Most High. And he's called you to bring love on the earth. I feel that for you right now. He's called you to speak out for those that don't have a voice. That's accountability. It's pulling out what you see in people that God has placed on them. So God has given you such a heart of peace. He wants you to help others live in peace. That's accountability. This is who you are, bro. You're just so peaceful to be around. I feel God's love around you whenever I'm near you. True accountability is calling out destiny in one another, saying this is who you are. This is who he's called us to be. You look excited at any point. This is our job description, right? Change the world. I know some of you don't believe that. But that's basically our job. I could have just said that. Hey, King's Church, this is your job description. Change the world. My brother-in-law said that sometimes the way we're going to change the world is find the people we're going to change it with. Find your people. Find those people that are going to push you to dream. That are going to say, come on, it's time to dream again. It's time for these dead dreams to be reawakened. It's time for you to live with destiny and purpose again. Some of us have become flabby. And we've forgotten about God. We've forgotten about who we are and whose we are. It's time to dream again. Let's stand. Man, I had other things to say, but this is how we're going to finish. I'm just going to ask the band to gently play in the background. Because I wanted to finish this way. I'm going to read something over us called The Father's Blessing. And it was spoken out by a man called John Paul Jackson just before he died. I think he died at the beginning of this year. He was a father in the house of God. He was a father to many. Many described him as, this is a man that taught us about the father heart of God. Before he died, he got before a camera and he gave the father's blessing to anyone who would want to hear it. So I want you all to just close your eyes. And I'm going to give you this blessing. They're his words, but they're going to come from my mouth. And I'm a father. Please close your eyes and be open to the father speaking to you. Some of you didn't have great father figures. Some of you had fathers who passed away 
before they could give you a blessing. Others of you, for one reason or another, are unable to receive a blessing from your Father. To you, I want to offer you the blessing of the Heavenly Father through myself, an earthly father. And this type of blessing is seen in number six, as God blessed the children of Israel under the pronouncement of Moses. It goes on to say that upon blessing the people, God replaced his name and blessed those who heard it. That means, friends, you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And from me and my heart as a father and as a grandfather, I want to bless you in this way. May you reach the purpose to which you've been created. May you have courage above your peers. May you have more passion for the things of God than others think are necessary. May you dream more than others think practical. May you expect more than others think possible. May you choose wisely without earthly bias. Do you know you have people to influence that you've not yet met? You have lives to change and there's people waiting for your arrival. You are strategically placed wherever God takes you by his grand design. Just so you can be everything he has made you to be. That place is the place where you can grow best. The place where you can be most fruitful. The place where you can be most changed. And others changed because of your presence. May you see vistas that others don't even know exist. May you see God in every petal of every flower and every blade of grass. Because each of them are designed by his hand. May you bless your children. And may they become giants of the faith under the mighty hand of God. You won't fail. You are made by God And you are made to be here for such a time as this. The band are going to begin to play in a minute. And I'm just going to invite you. We're all standing at the moment. If you feel God has quickened your heart in any way. If you feel you're beginning to dream again. Maybe you've had dreams that have laid so dormant you think they're dead. Some of you are dreaming again for the first time possibly. I want to invite you forward. Maybe dreams are being reawakened. Maybe dreams are being rebirthed. Maybe God is reminding you of passions that he once placed within you. If God is speaking to you in any way right now, I just want you to come and fill this space at the front. It's going to take just a few people to move and then others will move. Just come and line up at the front here. Fresh dreams being reawakened. If you want to dream again, come forward. If you know your heart is being moved in any way, I'm going to ask you to come forward. What I want you to know is by taking this step of faith, you are effectively saying, God, I believe. God, I believe in you. And I believe that's why I'm commissioned. That's why I'm on the earth. Because I'm a love carrier. I'm here to carry the love of Christ on the earth. As the band begin to play, me and my brother Nick here, we're just going to travel around, lay hands on one, all of you. And we're just going to, it's not prayer ministry. We're not going to ask for life stories. We're not even going to talk to you. We're just going to pray for a fresh commissioning of fire to come on your life. A fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit to hit you. Just keep coming forward. You might want to come even more into this well here.
And if you can't get down to the side, you might want to come and feel, just behind my friend Kelly here, just come and feel the wings as well. Listen, I'm conscious the children's work is about to finish. So some people might need to go and get their kids, but come back. Maybe bring the kids back and we'll pray for them too. But I don't want us to leave this, lose this moment. We're going to sing Oceans, I think. These guys are going to sing over us. And we're going to receive from God. Why don't you all just lift your hands into the air right now? And we'll just begin to pray for you. If you haven't come forward, why don't you extend your hands to these dear people? Because fresh dreams are going to be reawakened right now. In Jesus' name.
Hey, do you know what? This is what I'd love to do. If you, if you call this church your home, I didn't realize the response would be quite like it is, but it's awesome because we're going to dream again. Amen. If you call this church home and you've been prayed for, I want to release you to go and just release God's goodness over others. Go and, go and commission others to dream again. The band are going to continue to play in the background, but just lay hands on one another and just say, be, be filled with the Holy Spirit and it's time to dream again. Maybe you're going to have prophetic words for people. Just begin to speak life over people. Life and freedom right now. And we're just going to keep praying for one another. So if you can feel space at the front, please keep just barging your way through or even going round to the wings of the church. That would be great too. Encourage you as well, be an encourager as you go out. Don't leave this place until you've found something you can encourage.